something happens, you react to respond, you make a judgment, you make up a story, you gather evidence, you predict your future. How does that relate to real estate sales? Welcome to the No Broke Months for Real Estate Agents podcast. Working as a real estate agent can be incredibly rewarding and fulfilling, but it can also be frustrating if you aren't making the money you deserve. So if you're ready to end the stressful cycle of working hard for no results, then get started with a proven step-by-step system so that every month is no broke months. If you're looking for more listings and you would like a step-by-step approach of how to do it, I invite you to an upcoming five-day listing domination challenge where I'm going to show you exactly how to take listings in today's market and how to do so without door knocking, cold calling, or begging. You can register now to attend for free when you visit www.5daylistingchallenge.com. That's the number 5daylistingchallenge.com. And again, that's www.5daylistingchallenge.com. See you online. Are you responding or reacting? Dan Roshan of No Broke Months for Real Estate Agents talks about how our reactions can often be detrimental to our success and how we can be more strategic in our responses. He gives us a framework for how we can respond instead of reacting in any given situation. Learn how to use this same framework as real estate agents in this new episode of No Broke Months for Real Estate Agents. So this is the inaugural uh, teaching, and I don't even know what they call this, right? But this is sort of a new spin on uh, reaction. Okay, so what we want to do is we want to put ourselves into a position that we're either reacting or responding. Obviously, we want to be responding. But what I want to share with you is something that is allows for you specifically in that circumstance to be able to change. Just like I say, hey, we can go out and we can play in the rain puddles or we can go out, you know, we can go dance in the rain or we can you know, just get pissed off that it's raining out. Right. So here's the new model. So I'm going to ask everyone that's not driving, take out a piece of paper if you could. And we're going to go through this new framework. Okay. Similar to the self-coaching model, this is also a closed loop, but it's very similar, but it's just sort of a more actionable framework. So this new model that I'm sharing with you, at the top, at the 12 o'clock position, I want you to write down something happens. And then I want you to write to the, at around 2 o'clock that something happens. And now in the 2 o'clock position, write down, I react or I respond. So I I react or I respond. In the four o'clock position, I make a judgment. In the 6.30 position, straight down, I make up a story. So something happens, I react or respond, I make a judgment, I make up a story. In the eight o'clock position, I gather evidence. In the 10 o'clock position, I predict my future and then put a circle around that. It's the same way as with the closed loop with the self-coaching model. So to remind you, something happens, I react or respond, I make a judgment, I make up a story, I gather evidence, I predict my future, and then that's the loop there. So my notes say that there's 2 million instances that occurred each section, and we're aware of 134 of these. All right, so the environment offers 11 million bits per second for our subconscious to process. Yet, we can be consciously aware of fewer than 50 bits of information per second. 
So we filter many, many millions of bits of information out and we filter through many million bits of information in a very short period of time. The fact that we can perceive a minuscule amount of information offered at any given moment means that we can almost always find evidence to support our point of view. Two or more people can have the same experience or be a part of the same environment and perceive knowledge to validate opposite opinions or experiences. All right. So 11 million bits of data, but you're only aware of 50. Don't believe me. I want you to think of your first kiss. All right. So before I said that, was anybody here thinking of their first kiss? No, not at all. Right. But that's is probably way more than 11 million bits per second that you could actually be because that's not in your instance right now. That's in your memory. So in your instance right now, think of the door handle that is closest to you that you can actually visually see. Right. That's in your instance right now. That's part of the 11 million. The memories in addition to because there's, you know, almost unlimited amount of memories that you can access. So with all of what I just said, before I continue talking, I'd like to hear what are your thoughts and how do we apply that to real estate sales? What are your thoughts? Are you talking about the process that you just explained and how that relates to real estate? Yes. Something happens, you react to respond, you make a judgment, you make up a story, you gather evidence, you predict your future. How does that relate to real estate sales? I think it relates to real estate sales when just in everyday conversation, if everyone's able to perceive everything a little bit differently, you have to ask a lot of different questions. Okay. So you're getting the same story that they, the person that you're speaking to. Love it. Love it. Let's look internally. How does that affect us, not others? I think that the way that we process the information, actually, I was thinking about the flow. I don't know if mm-hmm. everyone heard about it, but about the flow is... You can have more flow on it if you enjoy the information and the way that you connect with the people also. How do you react? And you have the full control of the situation when you do whatever you wanted to do. Not only about communicating something, it's also about enjoying, put attention and control with it. Got it. I was just thinking about it. That's the only, the only things in you told about the bits is better we control more bits with our brain so yeah i'm looking at the flow the thing that sticks out to me about it that maybe you can consider this is i gather evidence so the evidence gathering is where all right so let me give you guys an example that this isn't internal this is external and it is about real estate i've got a client today there was three mistakes one after the other that happened last week she's at the highest price that possibly could be. So now something happens. Mistake number one, she reacts. She makes a judgment. She makes up a story. She gathers evidence. She predicts her future. Something happens again. Mistake number two, same cycle. Mistake number three. Mistake number three is easier for her to find mistake number one because mistake number three lies within gathering the evidence. So The story that she's probably making up about my company is that we suck. That's the story. And because we position ourselves in a place where we made the mistakes and we made the mistakes more than once, then it compounds into a place that she's now gathering evidence 100%. So something that otherwise might have looked inconsequential, such as somebody goes to the property and they show the property and they leave a light on now becomes more evidence to the story. 
now becomes more gotcha. Look, they suck. They didn't even call the agent to make sure they turned off the light. And so that's the way that we framework this in a way that unfortunately in this case, we're playing, you know, we're up against the ropes trying to box our way out of it. We're playing reactive as a company rather than proactive as we should. Right. So that's a way that you could possibly put yourself in a position with a client. And then now what otherwise would be a relatively easy, your overpriced conversation becomes something very different because she's gathering the evidence. She's predicted the future of who we are and the outcome of it. That's going to cause that price adjustment conversation to be much harder. What are you guys thoughts about that perspective of the way to look at this? I think we're just dealing with a lot of money and the more money that we are dealing with and we have to really, really choose words carefully. Got it. Love it. I love that perspective. We are underneath a magnifying glass because of the money that's associated with the meaning that we assign to make money mean. Okay. And so we're underneath that microscope or that magnifying glass. And now it's everything of gathering evidence even much more so. Let's finish off with something more practical that you can use in your everyday life. Maybe you have something that a partner or a spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend does that annoys you. And it happens over and over and over again. Something happens. They leave the toaster on the island. You react. What the F? I told you. Could you please put the toaster oven away? You make a judgment. They're not respecting me. You make up a story. They don't care for me. You gather evidence. Later, you see a thing of peanut butter out on this island. You predict your future. This is just going to happen over and over and over again, and they don't care about me. And that's the way that you can use this same framework in your personal lives. Take peanut butter and toaster ovens and put in whatever it is that you want. But what I want you to also recognize is that's 50 bits of data out of 11 million options. Could there be a different bit of data that you could focus on, such as they did something unexpected that I really appreciated? They, on the whim, took your daughter or son on an adventure. And so now, instead of looking at the toaster ovens out, you're looking at something that is positive. And now, wow, they did this instead. George took the kids to a retreat and weren't expecting that. So now I can make the judgment of, wow, he really cares. Now I can make up a story and say, wow, George is a really great guy. And now I can gather evidence of George being a great guy instead of George being the, uh, excuse me for using this language, George, the deadbeat person who leaves the toaster oven on the shelf. The heck's wrong with you? And now instead we can predict a new future of, wow, George is a really great guy. And now your future can be different. So that's how this framework can work in your real lives. Don't make somebody else wrong if they're doing this to you, though. Just recognize it and then recognize, well, I'm in control of that top piece out there of what happens. You may also be in control of being able to point that out to others so that they can see, you know, so that you put a spotlight on the other stuff. Hey there. If you are a real estate agent and if you've been an agent for a second or more, you realize that there's sometimes peaks and valleys in your income that at the least make you feel anxious. 
And if you are looking to get rid of those peaks and valleys and you're seeking to have that consistent and predictable income and to specifically take listings in today's market when it's near impossible to get a buyer under contract, I invite you to a five-day listing domination challenge that I'll be hosting where you'll discover your way, not mine, your way to take listings and you'll be able to understand where to get seller leads who are ready to hire you right now in today's market and know how to get hired more often. I invite you to join us. It's a free five-day listing domination challenge. You can visit www.5daylistingchallenge. That's the number five, www.5daylistingchallenge.com. So go ahead and visit www.5daylistingchallenge and I'll see you online. Bye.